Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. On today's special edition of One Shining Podcast, I am your host, Tate Frazier, and I am sitting in a hotel room solemnly, um, not in the dark, but, you know, I'm in a dark place right now as I think about my North Carolina Tar Heels and uh, their future, their NCAA tournament future. But this is going to be a nice little venting session. It's not going to be a long episode. We're going to have a normal One Shining podcast that will be on your feed, in your feed, Tuesday. Uh, so get ready for that. But this is, you know, a time for us to come together. Last year, people forget this, Coach K coached in his last game in Cameron Indoor. And uh, North Carolina came in, got an amazing win. I went on and did a podcast after that game and got to celebrate and I got to enjoy the spoils. So in fairness uh, to the rivalry and to all the friends of the program out there, I think it's, you know, only right that I get on the air and, uh, you know, I air my grievances. I let the people see uh, a time where I'm not as happy, a time where I'm not as uh, as blissful. And uh, I think that's the only fair thing that I can do on this, uh, you know, this moment in time. And North Carolina, officially, the Bubble Boys have done it, Kyle. Uh, the Bubble Boys are excited. <laughs> They're fired up. They got a nice win tonight. And the Blue Devils, uh, Satan himself got a nice win tonight. So that it turns out that the, sometimes the good guys don't always win in the end. And that is a lesson that we learn on One Shining Podcast because sometimes the bad guys do win. And uh, Kyle, I I'm excited to talk about all of it. Actually, take that back. I'm not very excited to talk about all of it, but I'm going to do my best. And uh, but you're faking I've, it. You're faking it really I'm, well. I'm faking it. I'm faking it. And I'm trying to keep my voice because uh, I celebrated my 30th birthday this weekend. It's not actually my 30th birthday. I'm still in my 20s. March 13th is my real birthday. I'll be there, big guy. You're, you're going to be there. But I, I had a great time this weekend in Chapel Hill. It wasn't going to take away uh, from the good times of my friends and family. But this game, it hurt a little bit. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to get in a little vent session. Kyle was with my old producer, Jim Cunningham, uh, of, of Jim Cunningham Ringer fame back in the day. You guys were together <laughs> right now. Maybe we'll bring that up. But uh, Infamy. Yeah, gonna, yeah, yes. Very infamous. But yeah, this is going to be a nice vent session. It won't be very long. Uh, for the Duke fans, I hope you enjoy this. For the Carolina fans, you're probably not listening because uh the result. But it's all good. We're going to get into all that. But first. But first, the Tar Heroes are the new New England Patriots. But first, <laughs> you get this, you get this, Kyle. So we're on the same wavelength. There you go. There you go. Uh, now let's go. Let's do it. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right. I'm going to signpost this. I'm going to let you guys know uh, I am in the hotel room right now in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. It is Saturday. It is March 4th. It is around 11.20 p.m. East Coast time. It's around 8.20 West Coast time for my producer, Kyle, there, who jumped on with me and, uh, you know, let me kind of get my thoughts out here. And, Kyle, first and foremost, uh, did you watch this game? Did you see what happened? Do you know why I'm upset right now? 
You know, I watched the beginning of this game. I would say my big takeaway today is I like Kentucky. So I'll let you go. <laughs> okay. You like. okay. My big hey. takeaway is I'm a, I'm a Kentucky guy this year. Well, that's good because uh, our, our first episode that we're going to have next week will be with Kyle Mann, who's a, you know, a Kentucky guy. He is a bluegrass, blue blood. So he's going to be talking about the Wildcats. Yeah, and, I'm posturing. You know, I'm posturing. You're, you're picking <laughs> sides already, and you've decided to line up with the fellow Kyle. We'll get into that later. But, yeah, this was a night where North Carolina and Duke – play in Chapel Hill. This is one of the biggest games in college basketball. And, and maybe that's my first note that I go to for the fans at home. Uh, I get to the Dean Dome today. I'm with my mom. We have our tickets. They're great tickets. Shout out to my dad uh, for, for figuring it out for us. So we're getting into the Dean Dome. I take a little picture there. You know, I'm fired up for the game. And, uh, you know, I put out something that it, I didn't think was controversial, Kyle. I, I said the greatest rivalry in the game, you know, and I put that out to the Twitter sphere. And all of a sudden, here they come. Here come the haters. They're saying, not a great rivalry, mid-teams, who cares? And, uh, you know, and as this is all happening, Kyle, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, uh, did people forget that these teams played in the Final Four last year? Um, And as I was watching this game tonight, um, I almost had to, you know, check myself because I had forgotten. It feels so far removed from where we are today, you know, a year ago. North Carolina gets all the momentum in the world. They go in Coach K's last game, and uh, Cameron Indoor is filled with J.J. Redick, Jay Williams, Lee Melchioni, Christian Leitner, you know, all the guys, all the Duke guys, and they watch North Carolina with Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott and Brady Manick get this amazing win. And North Carolina fans, we're just riding on this amazing wave, this amazing high. And, you know, me personally, I'm just – you know, talking to the Lord above saying, thank you so much for this great time. I, I, I didn't know how blessed I could be. Um, and little did I know that all of these, you know, prayers, confessions, sessions that I was having last year, that they were going to come back uh, in a really, really bad way, Kyle. And, uh, and I think that's what we've seen so far <laughs> this year. Uh, John Shire, head coach, new head coach for Duke. He is now 2-0 and against the North Carolina Tar Heels. Let's do a tip of the cap. You know, I mean, we got we got to be fair and balanced on this show, One Shining Podcast. We know this is the North Carolina voice that you're hearing, but I'm also a basketball voice. So uh, as I watched this game tonight, Duke was the tougher team. Duke was the more well-prepared team. Duke was the team that really took it to North Carolina. And if you were watching this game at home, you probably said to yourself, well, this isn't the best game I've ever watched, you know, because I think we get a little bit of confusion when we watch close games, right? This was a very close competitive game, but it wasn't the best game. And uh, and if you look at the box score and you look at the field goal percentage of both these teams, uh, you can figure that out pretty easily. North Carolina shoots 30% abysmal. They score 57 points in their last game. And this was, Kyle, this was senior night, you know? So this was a game Leaky Black played in his 183rd North Carolina game, the most all-time in North Carolina history. Armando Baycott has his senior night, a guy who has the double-double record in North Carolina, who has the rebounding record in North Carolina, right? You're, you're watching the pregame, and I'm wearing my North Carolina warm-up, you know, and I'm down there, and I'm fired up, and I'm saying to myself, these guys can't lose. These guys can't lose this game, this magnitude, this moment against Duke when your backs are against the wall and you're you're on the bubble again and everyone is, you know, kind of waiting, waiting for you to fail. They, they want you to be out of the tournament. Um, and this is the perfect script for a team that has seemingly been so excited to play Duke, especially last year, as we saw both in Cameron and in the Final Four. It, it was the perfect setup 
for what we thought could be. Um, and there's a term that I love to use, Kyle. It's called a flat egg. Uh, and my guys, they didn't lay they didn't lay a full flat egg, but boy, they were pretty close. Uh, and uh, it was not excellent. It was terrible. It was horrible. Um, it was not fun um, for any of us as we walked out of the Dean Dome and had to to deal with that feeling uh, in our stomachs. But again, like I said, we have to be fair and balanced and have to address the fact that, you know, this is what Duke felt last year at an entirely different magnitude. And that's what I think for the Carolina Duke fans, and I think people outside of the conversation with these two programs, right? You know, there is a lot of conversation about, well, I saw Paolo Bencaro's tweeting like, oh, them boys aren't going to make the tournament, you know? <laughs> and you're saying to yourself, like, of course, Paolo Bencaro deserves to have this moment in the sun, you know, even though he lost two of the biggest games in the rivalry's history. Oh, you know what I mean? But it's <laughs> No, but it's, it's, of course, these are the times that you can have, you know, the, that you can jump in on this. And these are different conversations. I think that is of the past. And now we're talking about the present and we're talking about the future. And Duke won the present and uh, the future looks brighter uh, at the moment. And that I think that is uh, what is kind of concerning to, um, a lot of Carolina fans uh, and a lot of Carolina basketball people because the expectations are so high. But Kyle, again, you shoot 30% from the field, you shoot 21% from three, and you're playing at home. And uh, I don't know any teams that are going to win big basketball games. Um, and this entire season has been kind of a microcosm of the whole season for North Carolina. It's the woulda, coulda, shoulda North Carolina Tar Heels. You know, and that started back with the Iowa State game. They can be up in these games and they get into the winning stretch. They get into the last four minutes of the game, winning time, as they say. And this North Carolina team cannot figure out a way to get out of their own way and to, and to actually end up with a win. And if you look at this game, this is a perfect example. Both Duke Carolina games this season, both at Cameron and tonight in Chapel Hill, they were the exact same story. It was a back and forth affair. North Carolina was down one at Cameron. They were down two tonight at halftime. They get into the second half. Things go well. Duke was up 43-36. to 36. They go on a nice run. North Carolina then goes on their own 7-0 run. They tie the ball game up at 43. Then R.J. Davis hits the three. Then Pete Nance follows up with the three. The building is going crazy. It's, it's loud. I mean, let's, this is a wine and cheese crowd, as Sam Cassell told us years ago. But the fact that the wine and cheese crowd is fired up, it got me fired up. I'm, as you can probably tell by listening to me right now, I'm losing my voice. Uh, as I'm in the building, I'm yelling, I'm going crazy. I'm thinking to myself, it just has to be. It has to be. And weirdly, just as it was in Cameron earlier this year, they get into the winning time of the game, the last four minutes, and they do not have a field goal. Duke <laughs> goes on a 6-0 run. They, they win the game in winning time, and North Carolina down three at the end of this game. They have an opportunity. Maybe you call a timeout, but again, they do not. Caleb Love takes a hero shot and it does not go in. And it was, it's so weird because I think it's a very sliding door situation with this team where last year in the tournament and, you know, base, basically from like February, mid February last year, all the way through the run to the national championship game, those winning time plays they made, they got the loose ball. They got the rebound they needed. They made the shot they had to make. In fact, Caleb, that hero shot tonight that looked so stupid at the end of this game that would have tied the game that everyone's like, oh man, I can't believe this guy's taking this shot. It's the shot that he hit last year against Coach K. And it was the classic, no, 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 yes. 
right? That th these are the shots that Caleb Love is prone to make. And I think that is what has been um, so mind-boggling with this Carolina team this year is because it is so similar, but it's not working out. It is not, it is not ending up in the favor of North Carolina as it did a season ago. And they are right there. It's the woulda, coulda, shoulda North Carolina Tar Heels. And they have just been not, they've just not been able to get over the hump. And, and it's as simple as that. And there's reason to be upset. You know, everyone wants to point the finger at, at, you know, this guy, that guy. Why is Baycott only taking eight shots? Why is Leaky Black and Caleb Love taking a combined 13 threes and going two for 13 when both guys are not three-point shooters? Obviously, that's what Duke wants you to do. But in general, just this team, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a mental block. I don't know if it's some sort of karmic thing where, you know, we all, myself included, you know, I I, I was in New Orleans at the Final Four, um, sitting with my family, watching Coach K and North Carolina head to head. And, you know, I'm talking to, to the man upstairs and I'm saying, hey, you give us this one, Kyle, you give us this one, you know. No, no qualms from me. No questions. I, I'll take a back seat. You know what I mean? For the next few years. And now that I live in this time in the present, I really wish I wouldn't have made all those. <laughs> you didn't you make know? that deal. <laughs> I, I, I wish I wouldn't have made all those. Deals. Sometimes when you make a deal with the devil, it, it, it comes back to bite you in the end. Um, and this North Carolina team, that is really the, the synopsis of the season. It just continues to come back to bite us. I don't know if it's Mr. K, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Coach K. I don't know if he has a hand in this. I don't know if it's Satan himself, the devil himself. I don't know. I don't know who's at play here. I don't know if it's my fault. Maybe, maybe that's what I do. Maybe I, I take it on my own chest, you know, and I say my bad. My bad for making all these uh, arrangements with the man above, you know what I mean? And, and, and the fact that we got rid of Coach K forever. Uh, but now we have to deal with the John Shire era and everything going Duke's way. Maybe, maybe that was the deal that we all made. But in this moment in time, it just feels deflating. Uh, <laughs> and you, and you mentioned the New England Patriots. You know, well, at the you're top the, of the show. you're the 2019 Dolphins last year, and now you're right. the 2020 Patriots. You you were that you you screwed over Tom Brady and his chances, and he got killed by the Titans. Everybody thought we were good, and you were the you were just so happy to do it. You didn't give a shit. You weren't in the playoffs. The you're the right. 2019 Dolphins, and now you're the 2020 Patriots. <laughs> Well, and and I'm going to call this my deflate gate, you know, because I am absolutely <laughs> deflated and uh, and I, I do not I don't know what to say. I don't know what people want uh, to hear. I want to give them, you know, the, I want their schadenfreude moment. You know, I want them to be able to laugh at my misery um, because I, I hope that, you know, you got to enjoy the joy that we that North Carolina and myself included had a year ago. But I just, I really, I cannot even put into words the the frustration um, just kind of with the way that this season has turned out. This is the biggest disappointment in North Carolina basketball history. And since might be when since, I mean, I mean, 2010 was a disappointment, but North Carolina won the national championship in 2009. That's the year that North Carolina went to the NIT. So at the end of the day, yeah. yeah, you you can you can kind of write that one away. Um, 2012 is a disappointment, right? Because obviously Kendall Marshall's wrist gets broken. North Carolina, in their mind, was destined to go on a national title run. I'm not sure they beat Anthony Davis and the Kentucky Wildcats. I'll say that as a an objective college basketball uh, journalist. But as a North Carolina fan, they definitely would have because they already lost <laughs> to him. You know what I mean? Super objective. Um, but and John Henson would have been perfect to guard him. But that's all besides the point. You know, this is this disappointment is different, Kyle, because 
you know, I'll, I'll give an example. My dad is uh, texting buddies with Dick Vitale. You know, they like my dad met him one time, got his phone number, just, you know, sends him a text every once in a while, just a little check in. Right. So you got to text back. Do you know? Of course. Dicky V's always, he's a man of the people. Dicky V's texting everybody back and he knows what team and he knows your kid. He knows everything. So my dad, before the season started, he reached out to, to Dick Vitale and says, you know, he's asking about the health stuff and all that. But he's also, you know, just like, you know, how you feel about my Tar Heels? Because my dad was skeptical, right? We we all saw the magic of the run and felt like there was a higher power at play. We don't we don't really know, you know, how it all happened. But Brady Manick was pretty good too. But you know, Dick Vitale at the start of the year says this is going to be a special year for these Tar Heels, and I thought it was going to be too. I really did. I, I stuck my neck out. Cousin Sal brought me on his podcast against all odds at the start of the season. He said, Tate, I'm going to give you a, a bet for the year to win the national championship. Because last year, I went on the show against all odds. They gave me the same thing. They gave me $100 to put a bet in on futures. And I said, I like the Kansas Jayhawks. That one worked out well. So I came in hot this year. I had a lot of confidence. I was thinking to myself, young strapping man who knows college basketball, getting asked this easy question. We all know what it is. North Carolina, people forget this. 1981, they lost in the national championship game to Indiana. Ronald Reagan was also shot. They probably shouldn't have played the game, but that's besides the point. Regardless, 1981, they they lose to Isaiah Thomas in the title game. But guess what happens? North Carolina, they're a redemption-type team. They come back in 1982. They win the national championship. 2008, North Carolina plays Kansas, gets absolutely blitzed, obliterated. Billy Packer says, game over when it's 46-12. to RIP Billy Packer. But that's how much they get blown out. 2009, Tyler Hansborough, all the boys come back. They win the national championship, blow everybody out. 2016, Chris Jenkins hits the shot. One of the biggest shots in college basketball history. Not, If not the biggest shot in college basketball history to win the national championship. North Carolina with Joel Berry, Isaiah Hicks, all those guys come back and they win the national championship in 2017. So all those formulas are at play in my mind, Kyle. And I'm saying to myself, this is exactly what North Carolina does. They, they reach the mountaintop, reach the mountaintop they, they get humbled. And then they come back the next year and they get redemption. That's that's what we do. So I came in the year, I tell Cousin Sal, bet my Tar Heels. They're the ones. They're going to do Yikes. it. This is the year. Guess what? It's a Jordan year, 2023. We all know this is going to happen. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, boy, 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 was I wrong. And uh, I'm not even sure what to say about how this season has transpired other than the fact that it is a colossal failure for everybody involved. And uh, I hate it for the coaching staff. I hate it for the players. I love these guys. Leaky Black, like I said, played the most games in North Carolina history. One of my favorite players personally. I love watching the guy play basketball, especially on the defensive end. Um, You know, Armando Baycott is one of the most decorated North Carolina players ever, um, which is insane to say because I, you know, I've seen the ups and downs and the grind for him. But in general, to, to see this team now get to the point where it's not even, we're not even doing the maybe they are, maybe they aren't. They are officially, they are officially, officially out of the tournament. They're out. Can I, can I ask you a question as just a guy Please. in the bar watching the game? Yeah. Like, do you think Duke played well tonight? I mean, I know it's not NBA game. I'm not expecting, you know, I'm not expecting 118 to 120, but 62 points to Carolina's 57. Like, do you think they played well? No, that's that goes back to the top of the conversation. This is the greatest rivalry in the game, but it doesn't mean that the game's always going to be great. The you game can be close. To each other. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the game was close, but both teams couldn't throw in the ocean, right? I mean, I'm looking at the field goal percentage the entire first half, and I'm like, man, this is bad. This is really bad. Um, and for North Carolina to score 57 points at home in a full game, it, it just it doesn't make sense. That's not even close to North Carolina basketball. The only thing that you can say for Duke is they played amazing defense. They were very physical, and they were just the tougher team, right? Every loose ball. Um, North Carolina forgot how to box out for most of this game. At halftime, they made some nice adjustments for the second half. They started rebounding more. But Duke dominated on the boards. Duke basically, in my mind, got every loose ball. And just their team, their belief um, and what they were going to do and what their plan was, it was executed at just a higher level in general. This was not a good game, but Duke deserved to win. No doubt about it. Carolina had every opportunity in the world to win this game as well. Um, and they just couldn't capitalize at any level. And when there were moments where they could have gone on a run, like I said, they were kind of, they had this moment where they were, t they, they went on a 7-0 run. They tied the game at 43. And it, it, four straight possessions, North Carolina gets good looks or should have gotten good shots or at least had better possessions. And they just get nothing. And they just stall out. And it's, it's, uh, it was not a pretty game. Duke deserved to win. I didn't leave this game and say to myself, man, watch out for the Blue Devils. You know, once March comes, right. th this is a team that's, that's really going to make a run in the tournament. I'm not really sure that's the case, but it confirmed to me that North Carolina is not a tournament team because every time that they play teams that are tournament caliber teams this year, they just choke. So you, you think you played your way out of the tournament? In this absolutely. Game. Absolutely. This was the like before you were going to make it in somewhere, but you think this was it. I think that they were going to get in the turn. One, let's be honest. What does this all come down to in college sports? What do we know, Kyle? Money. Duh. Always, <laughs> always comes back to money. So North Carolina is going to sell tickets and they're going to put people in the stands. And there's a reason why there is incentive to have them in the tournament, right? We get that. We understand that. So if they're the 69th team in the Joe Lenardi, Jerry Palm, all these bracket, all these bubble boys. If they're the 69th team, they won then the race. They won, they won the race, and also <laughs> they're probably going to get their chance to get in the dance because it makes sense. Like it, 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 if it makes dollars, it makes sense, and that's what that's what we're doing here for the NCAA tournament. So I think that if they were if they win against Duke tonight, North Carolina is in my mind going to be in the tournament, no doubt. But when you lose this game, and you lose it the way that it's, it's the same story over and over that we've seen all season long where you just don't execute at the end of games. And the comedy or the irony or whatever you want to call it is that this same group of guys did exactly the same thing, but then they executed at the end of games last year. It just, it's, it's frustrating, but it leads you to a point where they're not going to be in the tournament unless they win the ACC tournament or at least make the ACC championship game and play a competitive game enough so that people are like Carolina should be in the tournament, right? That, that, that is the only, that is their saving grace. Maybe if they were to go to the championship game, the ACC tournament and, and have a competitive game and then they don't execute at the end, but this is the most experienced North Carolina team ever. And they play like freshmen. I don't get it. I, I probably never will get it. It has been breaking my brain all season long. And I think the good news for the OSP fans, or I hope it's good news, is that 
you don't have to hear me talk about North Carolina anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I am going to shift my focus. We'll be back I, in April, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll see you next year. Uh, you know, uh, class of 2015, I love my North Carolina Tar Heels, but that is not the only thing that I can talk about in the world of basketball. And it might be a relief at this point to not have to talk about these guys in the tournament because the frustration for everybody, it, it even feels, and, and and it's unfair to these players too because there's been such a burden put on them because of their run last year. Their own magic has almost cursed them. So to, to, to maybe not be in the tournament, to maybe not be in that conversation, it might just be, it might be good for all parties and, and then Hubert will get in a new group of guys. I mean, look, this is the same group that convinced Roy Williams that he didn't need to coach basketball anymore, you know? So they, they broke Roy Williams' brain. <laughs> so, like, it's not like I'm the first brain they've broken. Um, and and that is that is kind of where we are at this point with this team. I think as North Carolina fans and, and people that watch and support North Carolina basketball, obviously there's frustration, but there also has to be a level of reality check, you know? Well, Hubert Davis, I saw after the game, his post-game press conference, and and I appreciate his optimism. I appreciate how good-natured he is. But he seems that he has not come to grips with the reality of the situation, which is you're not going to be in the tournament, you know? You're not going to be in the tournament unless something drastically happens in the ACC tournament. And and the the only thing that would be the saving grace, I guess, is because I gave these guys last year, as soon as I said they were dead to rights, they lost to Pittsburgh in mid-February. I said season over. That's when the team flipped the switch and then they made this amazing run. So I'm officially saying they're dead to rights. Um, it, I, it, the same thing that I did last year. And if they go and win the ACC tournament and then go and win the national championship, like the 1983 NC state Wolfpack, then oh, I will come on the show. Oh, I will come on the show and I will say I, I was wrong. You know what I mean? But the reality of the situation is that's probably not going to happen. And, and that is just where Carol Carolina fans like, just just get together. Let's all get together. Let's all have a hug and let's all say, man, this really sucked, you know? <laughs> but, and it, but, but the big note is beating Coach K in the Final Four and beating Coach K in his last game in Cameron, it was worth it for this year. Like, I would take this year 100 million times out of 100 just to have what we had last year. And uh, I don't want it to continue. I hope this is the one-year reprieve. I hope this is the one year that it happens. I hope this is the Carolina basketball hiatus. Um, but that is that is where we are. You, you, we are not going to be a tournament team. North Carolina will not be in the tournament unless something insane happens. Um, and that might be, like I said, a relief for everybody involved because this season, um, you know, I'm getting gray hairs. I'm stressed out. I know the players are, are probably you know, at their wits end. Everybody's at their wits end. You know what I mean? This is our deflate. We're deflated. Uh, there will be no smiles. Um, and, uh, and and that's just kind of, that's kind of it. That's kind of the full rundown. That's the full spectrum of of the conversation now. And I think the, the real next question will be, okay, so what does North Carolina do when the NIT comes and says, hey, <laughs> you guys want to host the game? Oh, no. I hope they say no. I hope they say no. And I, and in the spirit of competition, I think that they'll probably accept the NIT invitation, but I hope, you know, they, I hope they say no, just let's all just take a break. Let's give ourselves a mental break. Um, Carolina basketball has broken all of our brains this year. And uh, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles, uh, unfortunately. And just in general with this season, 
everything that could go wrong. This is Murphy's law. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, and now North Carolina has lost 12 games and they're on the wrong side of the bubble. And there's no Coach K hell Mary left. You know, there, there's no Duke game to save the season. It's a wrap, you know, and then now all you have is the ACC tournament. You play Louisville, one of the worst power conference teams ever, or Boston College, who's one of the hottest teams in the ACC, who just beat Virginia a couple of weeks ago and blew them out. So, I mean, North Carolina could play Boston College in the first round of the tournament and lose that game and and bada boom, bada bing, it's over. And now we're talking about the first preseason number one team to not make the tournament, Kyle. That's the history we're talking about. That's what Damn, North Carolina bro. has done this year. Yeah. So there in you case, go. In 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 this in the spirit of of trying to put end this on a light note. Uh, by the way, uh, over, we've been doing this for twenty five minutes. I can already hear you losing your voice. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens when we're back next. If you even have a shit. But in case you are the twenty twenty Patriots, who is the Cam Newton on this team? <laughs> oh man, I mean Armando Baycott. You know. Okay. <laughs> Look, Armando Baycott. Superman. I I he, he Armando Baycott wears Superman boxers. Um, oh, okay. Under <laughs> I think he wears Batman boxers or Superman boxers, but either way, there was no there was no superhero moves that were made. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's it's been tough. But again, I still love these guys. I really do. And I think there's there's a little bit of, um, you know, of course, it, it, people are hurt and people are saying and point. Like I said, they're pointing fingers at everybody. I still love this team. I still love these guys individually. I will always have a special place in my heart for what they did last year, making it to the national championship game, going to the final four, being there for all that. It was an, it was an incredible run, right? I just hate that this is the taste that is going to be on the mouth of, of people, of North Carolina fans, when they think about some of these players, like an Armando Baycott. They're going to remember this season as opposed to the better times. And, and one, like Marcus Ginyard is one of those examples, um, you know, in 2010. He's on the 09 team, but he gets hurt. Then he comes back in 2010 as a senior. And then they go to the NIT, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, the Ginyard team or whatever. It's like, no, he, he Marcus Ginyard was great, you know? But, but it just sucks when that is the last taste and that's the last thing that people kind of remember and and I say this as someone 2015 North Carolina my senior night my graduate my, my senior night when I'm graduating 2015 we lost in my senior night and I was deflated then and I was all upset and I was and I was you know I mean my girlfriend at the time's like crying you know we're just like I don't know what to do this is that all was your spy remember. Gate. <laughs> yeah this is all I'm gonna know us for Kyle this is all I'm gonna know us for um, that was, that was the time. So, uh, look, I've been there. I've been deflated before. Uh, I hope not to, not to stay deflated, but, um, I, I don't know what the, what the, what the course is for this team other than some miraculous ACC tournament run. And we have no evidence to suggest that's going to happen. You know, there, that, re that really is the case. Um, but again, let's be positive. Let's remember that college basketball is great. Let's remember that college basketball is going to be amazing during the conference championship week. This is one of my favorite weeks in college basketball, Kyle, that we call this blind resume, blind resume week where, you know, you go on ESPN and they just show you the resume of a team and then they show you the other resume and you're like, oh man, team A is definitely going to be in the tournament, right? And then it pops <laughs> up. And they're like, you know, Lenardi has them first four out. And then team B is North Carolina. And then they pop up and it's like Lenardi has them or like just just the next four out or whatever it is. And then we're comparing blind resumes. So that's going to be fun. We got some great conference tournaments, the West Coast, uh, you know, the West Coast Championship, 
Um, I was watching my LMU Lions tonight, pulling for them really hard. Um, The best game of the day, by the way, was not North Carolina Duke as far as matchups and as far as rivalries. Well, I guess not really rivalries, but as far as like the teams this year, Arizona UCLA. um, And I I was just watching that game and it was at halftime before we got on to record. And, you know, I'm watching these two teams and these are juggernauts. And these are two teams that I have been fascinated with all year because, again, I think the West Coast has a real argument to be made that they can win the national championship at West Coast team for the first time since 1997 when Arizona did it. And I think UCLA and Arizona could do it this year. So watching those two and watching that rivalry had me fired up. And also watching our boy Big Wave Billy, they were, uh, Kyle, they were honoring the 1973 UCLA team. And, you know, Bill Walton had 44 points in the national championship game, the most points in the national championship game ever. Um, so they were doing all, all of that stuff. But as I'm watching UCLA, Arizona, you know, I'm like, wow, this is a really high quality game. You know, this isn't just a close game like the Carolina Duke game. These are two high quality teams that could go on to win the national championship this year. So the good news about college basketball is, at, at large is, look, I, I have my own vanity play and I get to talk about North Carolina and Duke because it's something special. It's something I'm a part of. I love it to death. I think it's the best rivalry in the world. Yada, yada, yada. But on the flip side of that, in college basketball, we don't have one team that is the team, but we have a lot of really, 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 really good teams, dare I say elite teams, that all you could talk yourself into being actual title teams. So that's what I'm excited for. My 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 hope now is that we can turn the page um, and that I can focus in uh, on, the, on the college basketball conversation outside of just my North Carolina Tar Heels, you know? That, that's what I want to do, Kyle. Is that okay? Is that fair? Can I do that? Like, that, yeah, that's what, that's that's what I want to do. Focus up, man. Take it, you know, uh, have, a, have a lozenge, go to sleep. Oh, man. Have a, have a NyQuil, ZQuil, just put you out. And then yeah. we're going to be back on Tuesday, uh, first thing in the morning. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got plenty of things to, to hit coming up. Yeah, now we can get this little poison pill out of the way. Yeah, we got this out of the way, and and we'll do some cleanup duty before we get out of here. Again, this is my rambling. This is my ranting. This is my venting. I love my North Carolina Tar Heels. I loved my time this week. I'll tell you a quick story, Kyle. Uh, at the Dean Dome, um, you know, we're we're there. I'm with my mom. We're sitting in our seats. People have been great. You know, I had a lot of people come up, say, hey, man, congratulations. Excited about the pod. Oh, yeah. Tell Kyle this, you know, tell him, tell him about this. Like, you know, just give me a little tidbits. But one of the best was this was senior night, obviously. And they they didn't just do the Carolina uh, basketball players. They do like, you know, the cheerleaders and everyone. But Ramsey's the the mascot. Uh, he was a senior, so they, they let Ramsey's have his moment. And so he takes the Ramsey's mask off and he, and he oh, waves geez. to the crowd. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. That, that kid looks cool or whatever. Comes back later on, like uh, right before halftime. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, man, there's Ramsey's right there. That, that, that's cool, man. You know, happy senior day. And he yells up. And he's like, Tate, I love OSP. We're wow. so excited the show's back. So I'm like, all right, all right. I'm like, all right. This is what we're, we're talking about, right now, dude. Come on, yeah, That's we awesome. got we got Ramsey's, and then you know there was a lot of heavy hitters in the house at the game. Larry Brown, my my guy, my one of the guy. people that's been, been your guy. always been my guy, one of my mentors. Love him to death. He's at the game, and I'm like, Coach Brown, will you please coach this team? Please go down there and coach this team. We need you. Also, uh, will you ben, come on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, come on the podcast. He he came on the pivot back in the day. He he could always come on the podcast. He's always around. Uh, Vince Carter was in the building, Kyle. Um, NLE Chapa, 
was in the crowd, uh, a Carolina fan. Um, there, there was a lot of heavy hitter, hitters all around. Of course, like the usual suspects, like the Phil Fords, you know. But it, it's always great when you go back to a Carolina game because you just see all these legends all around. They're sprinkled around you, and they're just normal people. But then you're also like, holy crap, that's Antoine Jameson, you know, the best. Uh, so that was that was great. And then just to be with my family and my friends this weekend, got to celebrate, uh, like I said, my 30th birthday, even though it's not actually my 30th birthday, I'm still in my twenties, but, um, all in all, it was a great trip, great time, great to be in Chapel Hill. I love it so much. All the people, all the friends of the program. I did a book signing, uh, this afternoon, uh, for a four that I wrote for the book. Duke still sucks. Um, shout out to <laughs> Andy Bagwell and Reed Tucker who, uh, wrote that book. We did a, a book signing down, um, at the at the quad and uh, had a lot of people come up and oh God, that say seems they were so listen- mean. <laughs> well, well, they do suck, and we had to write this book. It was a sequel. Um, no, but and I got to write the Ford, so it was fun. I got to tell my little story. And uh, look, the, the thing with Duke and and Carolina is, look, we're part of something so special that even tonight, I, I leave that game and I'm not saying, oh, screw Duke, they got lucky, whatever. You know, I'm just like, oh, Duke was the better team tonight. They got the win. Yada yada. We move on. Um, but again, being on campus and seeing the people and having the interactions, it was it was something special, something that I that I, um, you know, I had just missed being back in Chapel Hill. So I got to get the full experience, had a great weekend outside of the basketball game. That's all I can really ask for. And, you know, we're, we're just starting this thing up. So I'm really fired up to, to get back on the saddle to be back in studio on Monday, to have Kyle Mann on the show. Yeah. Yeah, And we're going to talk about college basketball and, and I'll let Kyle come on and, and, you know, give his pitch to why the Kentucky Wildcats might be a sleeper to win the national championship. Who knows? Like that, that could be a conversation point that we both have. And there's a live show that I heard on Monday night as well, Kyle, um, with our, with our mismatch mismatch guys. Yeah. Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon. And, um, there's some rumblings that maybe I go to the live show. We don't know. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, I want you to come with me. Uh, yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get credentials. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if I still got it, and I'm gonna see if I can get in the back door. You can I'm get in the gonna, back. Door. I'm not gonna put my name on the list. I'm gonna see if I can make it in there. You can get in the back door. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, but all I want to say is thanks everybody for listening. This was a nice little vent session. Congratulations to the Duke Blue Devils. You got a nice win tonight. Um, college basketball is heating up. Um, I can't wait for all that's ahead. We got a big week ahead. We got two big shows coming up. Uh, anything else, Kyle, before we get out of here? No, I don't think so, man. I mean, thanks for making me work on a Saturday night. That was definitely what I wanted to do. And, uh, I can't wait until, uh, we'll be in your feeds on Tuesday morning when you wake up guys. Yeah, this is a bonus episode. Don't take it too seriously. This is just me getting my rants off. Uh, I appreciate Kyle doing this from Jim's apartment. Shout out to old producer Jim for making that possible. Jim's always uh, not working, but also in the background doing his thing. So I hope you Jim's guys... Jim's smoking his fifth cigarette right now right, on the porch. Right, he, I told right. him he couldn't come in here until we were done. Right, so. right. <laughs> just swiping on his phone, smoking cigarettes. What a legend. Uh, I hope he's still breathing out there. <laughs> I hope he is too. I hope he is too. Well, there you have it. This has been One Shining Podcast. A nice little bonus episode on a Saturday night after the Carolina Duke game. We will see you on Tuesday with Kyle Mann and myself. Can't wait to be back. Can't wait to talk about college basketball with everybody. And we will see you then on Tuesday.